Well, uh, a couple weeks ago when I got asked to come share tonight, I'm privileged to be here with you guys. Um, I got this title, it's kind of a weird title, it's called Downstream Living, and I want to share it with you tonight just for a few minutes. And I, I was kind of wrestling with it because, you know, uh, I, it sounds kind of redneck, and I, I'm, I'm not from that world at all. <laughs> yeah, actually I am, but, um, but I, you know, I don't want to keep bringing up redneck titles. I actually do read good books. I read books without pictures even. So, I mean, it's not like I only read Field and Stream, you know, um, or, you know, Glock Magazine or something like that. But, um, but I, I was, I was going to change the title, but my, I took my little girl to Springfield, Missouri, uh, this past weekend, I spoke at James River Church there, and we're, we, of course, when you go to Springfield, Missouri, there's only one thing to do, and that's go to Bass Pro Shop, the biggest one in the world, the, the original one there. Uh, that's where the first one started, so that's the only tourist attraction in the whole town. I think there's a clock somewhere that people go look at in Springfield, Missouri, but the Bass Pro Shop's there. And so we're walking through in there, and of course, Bass Pro Shop, they're very eco-friendly, and they're talking a lot about the environment. And, on this, and so on the wall, this giant mural was on the wall that says, everyone drinks downstream. And it, the, the point they were making is that we're all, we live with the choices that other people make uh, in our environment. So we, we live downstream. If you live on a river, the water that's coming to you was, has been affected by other people's decisions upstream from you. And I said, this is the Lord, you know, and Bass Pro Shop confirmed that God's speaking to us about downstream living. So I want, you, I want you to turn in your Bible to Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59, I'm going to share a couple of verses here, and then we're going to end up in Ephesians 3 in just a moment. Isaiah 59. When I, was, uh, when I lived in Texas, there was a lot of, you know, Texans are famous for their sayings or one-liners, you know. One of the one-liners that they, I heard in Texas is that you never drink downstream from the herd. And that's, that's good advice, by the way. And, and you don't eat yellow snow, and you, and you don't spit in the wind, and you don't drink downstream from the herd. Those are three good th- rules to live by if you're, if you're going to be outside. And um, I do think, though, one of the things that I, uh, in fact, I had a, a man in my office today, talk, we were talking about our story, and it's a young man, he's in our school of worship, and he said something to me, he said, he said, um, I, I, he, said he just went through some inner healing recently. He was trying to describe to me what it was. I called it inner healing. I called it, he said he went through this deliverance ministry and, uh, or this freedom ministry. I said, well, what does that mean? He said, well, I went through and I just kind of told him about my history and I confessed and I prayed and I brought things into the light. I said, that's, that's, I do that every day. And he just looked at me and I said, I do, almost every day. I take myself through freedom ministry. I, I hold a mirror up in front of my heart on a regular basis. But it started about 20 years ago with Pastor Garvin. Uh, I give him a lot of credit in the church, Trinity Fellowship in Amarillo, where I was, Pam and I were attending at the time, really helped me understand the power of taking control of, of your past and things that maybe you had no control over. And I want to talk to you tonight just for a moment about generational curses, things that are influencing you. Let me just say this directly, okay? Your past, the things that you had control over, and the things that you had no control over do affect us as men. And there's no getting around it. The scriptures are very, very clear that the sins of our fathers and the sins of our grandfathers and the sins of people before us are passed down for ten generations. Or three gener- you know, it's passed down from generation to generation to generation to us. And as I grew up, I, I, had, I didn't really understand that growing up. I, uh, I grew up uh, in the Deep South. I grew up in uh, uh, North Louisiana. I grew up um, in a world where it seemed that there were patterns that were always repeated in my family. Poverty was all, it just seemed to be a repetitive pattern. Poverty, a mismanagement of money, uh, cancer. 
Every significant man in my life has died of cancer on both sides of my family. Everybody, everybody dies of cancer. I mean, so for a man in my family, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, all my uncles, and my own father, for them to die of cancer was kind of a rite of passage. It was not even a, it was not even a shocking report to hear that one of the men in our family died of cancer. And uh, growing up where I grew up, uh, everybody was racist. I mean, it was just everybody was racist. It was, it was very segregated. I grew up, I was the second generation in my hometown uh, to go to a desegregated school. My, my, uh, my dad went to a segregated school. So I grew up in a racial environment. I grew up in a, an impoverished environment. I grew up in an environment where cancer was very prevalent. I grew up in an environment where uh, most husbands cheated on their wives. It was just something that was common in my family. It was common throughout. It was just something that when it happened, nobody really uh, thought about it because it was just something everybody... It just, everybody ended up doing those things. And I wondered, I said, am I, I going to grow up poor, sick, racist, cheater? That's where I was headed. I was headed right for that. That's, and I could look back now, and if I had not made some key decisions in my 20s, I think I'd probably be poor racist, sick, cheater. Because that's how everybody else ended up. And my, most of the men, most of my family, most of the people in the city, that's how we all grew up. And I, um, I, I don't think, I think there's some key things tonight that I just want to share real quickly. Isaiah 59 verse 1 says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. And that is good news. Amen. And in verse 2, but your, listen to these two words here. And Isaiah uses these two words in multiple places as in his writings. But I want to show you these two words tonight. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. He says your iniquities and your sins. Now he uses those two words uh, both play, in several places. And the iniquities and sins. Those are two different things that I want to show you tonight. Maybe you've never seen this, never done, never done a word study on these two things, but these are not the same thing. Many people, when they read this, think he's just using another word for sin. He's not. So a, 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 a sin is an outward disobedience. It's an outward behavior. Sin, oftentimes, for example, our prisons are full of men and women who acted out, who sinned, who murdered, who stole, who whatever they did to end up there. But that's probably not the iniquity. An iniquity is an inward bent, an inward uh, leaning. I grew up, uh, I didn't grow up, but I spent some time in West Texas. And in, in West Texas, if you've ever been out there, or a place where it's very windy, even out on the eastern plains of Colorado, you'll see this, trees are tend to grow toward uh, the east because of the prevailing west winds. So all the trees are leaning toward the east because they get beat by the south and the west winds. The prevailing winds are from the southwest, so all the trees tend to lean toward the north and the east. That's the leaning because of the, something that affected them. They, that because of the circumstances around, they lean toward something. So that's, that's the way I would describe an iniquity. You have a natural bent a natural leaning towards something because of something that's been passed down to you. For I, one of the things I noticed when I came to Colorado and when I pastored in Texas is that one of the things that happens among Texans and Coloradans is a real spirit of independence. Just I'm, leave me alone. I'll do it my way. Don't tell me what to do. 
So everywhere we go, wherever you've been, the regional environment which you grew up in, the family environment you grew up in, and sometimes even the spiritual environment you grew up in, there were things that were passed down to us that we didn't have any control over. There are things that I have invited into my life over the years that have been bad. I've, I mean, I've been very honest with many, uh, you in four and a half years that as a young man, I made decisions to allow things into my life without any influence from my past. But then there were things that I discovered early on that I just had a natural bent toward. One of the things in my family, uh, many people in my family have an addictive personality. Not, not true for a lot of families. A lot of families don't ever deal with alcoholism or uh, greed or things that can become an addiction, gambling. But in my family, there tends to be a, a, a bent toward it. So I had to be aware. So it wasn't necessarily a sin. Uh, it was a natural bent on the inside of me to lean toward something. And I realized that. I remember um, as a young man especially when I had my own children. Abram and Callie, you know, are adopted. And um, I, uh, that, that adds to this a little bit because I don't know a lot of the history of their families, but Abram and Callie were born into my home and they brought, I had a very wise lady. I was very concerned about this because obviously the circumstances in which Abram and Callie were both born were not good. I mean, they were both in very dysfunctional environments. In fact, if we had not adopted Callie, her birth mother passed away from an apparent drug overdose, they don't really know, but apparently she's 25 years old. And so Abram, I mean, Callie would definitely, Callie would not, not very well be in the foster system right now if we had not adopted her. So, and Abram was born from a very poor, bad choices, circumstances, um, one night stand with a married man kind of thing. And, and so all of those things, when they, when they were brought into my family, when they came into my house, I was aware that not only were they being brought under my spiritual authority, but they were also being influenced by things that been passed down to them. And a very wise woman said to me, uh, Brady, draw a line in the sand. This is the language that she used because I'm very visual in the way I understand things. She said, Brady, draw a line in the sand at your house. And I remember it wasn't a one-night prayer, but it's been literally a 15-year prayer where I have recognized the leanings, the bent that I have in my life because of past influences, my ancestry that's been passed down to me. And so tonight, one of the things I'd like for you to discuss, two things, and, and most of the time when you hear people talk about this, you tend to focus in on the bad things. But I want to bring up something else to you tonight to talk about as well. Because it may be a bit awkward. One of the things I'm concerned about tonight uh, is I don't want you to uncover your family. I don't want you to dishonor your family by sharing with each other, well, my dad was this and my grand- grandfather was this. That's very, number one, that's private in many cases. It's awkward, and sometimes you shouldn't share it. Sometimes you need to bring honor to your home. One of the things I'd like for you to talk about that this very wise lady helped me with as I began to understand this, and this is about a two-hour teaching that I'm giving you in about 15 minutes tonight, so what I'm hoping is that this stirs some conversation and stirs some study on your part, and I think this is the purpose of these meetings. It's not to go into deep uh, teaching where you walk out of here with a manual of how-tos, but it starts conversations among you, and it leads you to further study and further investigation. That's what I'm hoping to tonight. But one of the things that I discovered is, is that oftentimes we tend to focus on the sin elements of this. But here's what I'd like for you to focus on. What are the good things that were passed down to you? Actually, the scriptures say that curses are passed down for three generations and blessings for ten. Did you know that? That's why it says in Deuteronomy that curses are passed down for three generations. Blessings are passed down for ten. This is how good God is to us. He wants the blessings. And I was thinking about all the blessings that's been passed down from my mom and my dad. My mom and my dad work hard. 
I, I don't ever struggle with being lazy. I know how to, I work hard. I am. I'm a hard worker. And because I, that came natural for me. I have a natural bent toward actually overworking, being a workaholic. I've had to really control myself or I would work all the time. But it's a natural bent, and I'm grateful for that. I don't have to make myself get up and go to work every morning and do the, you know, provide for my family. That's just something that's just come no, normal and natural for me. My mom and dad are honest people. They, they passed that down to me. Just uh, dishonesty. I have a very low tolerance for people who don't tell the truth. Even if it's bad news, I'd rather hear the truth than a lie. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I say what I mean and mean what I say. And you know, I don't talk in codes. I don't talk in uh, coded language with other men. I, I want to say what I mean and mean what I say. And that was passed down to me from my family. And uh, there's just several things like that. And I, 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 want you to, I think I, I want you to focus, first of all, on those two things. What are the blessings that have been passed? What are the natural leanings? Start there with that, because I think we need to start with the good. But tonight, I want you to also be aware, what are the patterns, the iniquities, the, the common traits that you can look back to your father, your grandfather, maybe your great-grandfather? What are some things that you see repeating itself in your family? Repeating. Now, I've got good news for you, because when Christ went to the cross, he brought with him his death, burial, a resurrection, and ascension, did something pretty important for us tonight. He gave us, as his followers, the ability to draw the line in the sand. Now, I want to read this to you out of Ephesians 3. And this is the scripture that the Lord used with me 20 years ago to break these repetitive cycles, these natural leanings, these natural bents toward disobedience and and, and iniquities that I discovered. Ephesians 3, verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Let's stop here just for a minute. There are, we could exhaust ourselves trying to explore our genealogy and never really get to the surface, uh, get to the bottom of all the iniquities. So don't exhaust yourself tonight trying to figure out all the things that have been passed down to you. I got good news for you. It was all settled at the cross. More than we can ask and more than we can imagine. So if you are aware of something, just confess it and say, this is an iniquity, a natural bent and leaning that's been passed down to me, and I put it under the authority of the Lord Jesus. But Lord, I am not aware of everything. I can't even imagine everything that may have been passed down to me. But Father, I know that you are. You can imagine it, and you know it. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. This is not about our own natural ability. This is not about our discipline. This is not about uh, you willing yourself into being obedient. This is about his resurrection power. Paul is using resurrection language here. His power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. And I love this throughout all generations. Now, here's the good news for you tonight, and here's what I am convinced of at my home. Abram and Callie, they were adopted and brought into my home, and they brought with them ten generations of blessings that I receive. Abram is different than anybody in my family in a good way. He is going to invent something that's going to change the world. Nobody in my family for the next last three generations has ever done anything to change the world, but Abram will bring that into our family. He's a blessing into my home because of what God, the good things that God put in his heart. So I receive all the 10 generations of good things that Abram and Callie have been brought into my home. And when they were brought into my home, literally the days they were, the, the very first days they were brought into my house, 
I begin to pray these prayers. Father, I break off all iniquities that the enemy has influenced in them through the past generations. I break that off. I bring it under the authority of the Lord Jesus and the power of the cross. Thank you for the power that's at work within them throughout all generations. And so from this day forward, I'm not going to be poor, sick, a cheater, or a racist. (laughs) That's all broken off my family. I don't have any natural leanings toward those things anymore. Honestly, I can stand here tonight and tell you, I don't have, I don't have a poverty, poverty mentality. I don't see color in people. I don't see racism. I don't, I don't have any fear of cancer. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to live to a ripe old age. I'm going to be an old man that tells bad jokes, and you're all going to have to laugh at him because I'm an old guy that tells bad jokes. And, and I just feel like all those things have been broken off of me, but it's because I was aware of it. And I just, I'm just shocked at how many men are not even aware that they're being influenced by things that have been passed down to them from previous generations. And they wonder why things keep repeating over and over. When you can look at your brothers and your cousins and your uncles and your grandparents and you see patterns repeating themselves. Things keep coming up and you go, why in the world? And then, and we all say this as kids, I'm not going to be like that. Really? You will. If you, don't, if you don't understand the power of what I just read out of Ephesians 3, you will. The good news is, this, you, all of you have authority if you're a follower of Christ. If you, the moment you say yes to Jesus, this resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead is now in you. And now we have the authority with our words and with our prayers to break off these past issues. And we literally can set a new future for 10 generations of people in front of us. Do you understand that? Ten generations of people in front of us can be influenced if we'll simply draw a line in the sand starting tonight. Now, I want to say some of this tonight, you're going to probably, some of you are going to pray this prayer for the first time. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to fight this and pray this on a regular basis. This is, you're going to have to confess this and pray this and believe this and, and trust God that his power is breaking off those iniquities, those natural leanings, those natural bents towards certain behaviors really can be broken off of us. And a new future can be charted out for our kids, for our grandkids, for our great-grandkids. I can look back, um, and I have done some study of genealogy, I can look back on some of my ancestors and see where uh, significant historical shifts have happened. Oftentimes it meant them moving to another place because they were fleeing something. They were leaving something bad and going to a new place. I saw where... um, well, let me tell you one quick story. Robert Morris, who's a great influence on my life, his dad, um, his dad, or his grandfather, his grandfather, they were all drunks and alcoholics and away from God. His grandfather worked for a man who was kind of his driver as an 18-year-old. And Robert's told this story before, and I love when he tells this story because this is a beautiful picture of this. So up to this point, everybody in Robert's past had been drunks, away from God, just violent people. But this man was, they were at work one day, and this man invited this, his, uh, his boss to his house one night. So Robert's grandfather drives him to this man's house and sits on the front porch. And back in the day when they didn't have air conditioning, so there was a screen door letting fresh air in. And Robert's grandfather sat on the front porch listening to this guy inside the house tell his boss about the gospel, about Jesus. Now his boss didn't accept Christ that night. But Robert's grandfather, sitting on the front porch, did. And he wasn't even the target. But he said yes. 
and a, a, an historical shift happened in Robert's family. Robert today is a pastor of a great church and had an influence all over the world. But it started with his grandfather hearing the gospel and something new happened in the history of his family. And they can look back. Nothing good happened in their family until his dad said yes to Jesus on the front porch. And then all of a sudden, the blessings of God came into their, their home, into their family. They stopped divorcing one another. They stopped killing one another. And just something happened. It's amazing when you stop divorcing and killing one another how good things might happen for all of us. And this is what happened. Something new and fresh was brought into this family. So the good news of the gospel is this. Part of the story that I'm inviting you into is, I don't care what your past is. We've all shown up tonight with a story. Mostly good, maybe mostly bad. It doesn't matter what the story is. Tonight, tonight, a new story can begin, can, can begin to be told in your family. A, a line, literally, your, your family can look back tonight and go, what happened What happened in April of 2012 that my family history was this mess and a wreck and all this mess happened and all of a sudden it seems like that the blessings and the favor and the hand of God came into my home and my family at that time. I think it's that pronounced. My kids will look back into the early 90s and go, what happened to Brady and Pam? The whole whole legacy of their family changed. Because I realized that the power that was working in me could be affected, could affect all of generations. For generations and for generations and for generations. Now, every generation will have to make choices. We know that, right? I'm not affecting their salvation. Abram and Callie will have to decide on their own whether to follow Jesus or not. And they, have, they both already have, actually. But the point is, they'll have to decide as adults if they're going to walk out in obedience to things of Scripture. I know that. If they're going to stay true to their spouse, if they're going to stay, they keep their heart free from everything. But I know this, I'm going to give them the best shot possible. I, they, I'm going to give them every good advantage. And as a dad, and as a grandfather, and as men who want to be dads, maybe some of you here are single or not dads yet, but you want to be a dad. For those of us who are dads, and for those of us who are grandfathers, here's what we do owe our kids. We owe them a clean screen. We owe them a new reservoir. They can either drink downstream from this crap that we send them, or we can build a new reservoir tonight and send them clean water to live on. Because all of us are going to live downstream. We all live downstream from something. I choose tonight in my home, as for me and my house, we're building a fresh, clean reservoir. And we're releasing fresh, clean water so that all those that follow after me are going to have clean water to drink as clean as possible. It's not going to be perfect because I'm not perfect but I'm going to send them the cleanest water possible to drink. That's my responsibility. Whether they choose to drink it or not, it's their spot. But they got a clean water to drink as a result of my choice tonight to draw the line in the sand. Amen? All right, let's pray together, and I'm going to turn it back over to Russell. Father, as the men of new life, we choose tonight to draw a line in the sand and to take authority over any iniquity that's been passed down to us. Father, that is not who we are. We are sons of God called by you to live on a new... We are carriers of your presence now. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we receive the generations of blessings that have been released to us. We receive all of the blessings that are passed down to us. But Father, we bind and take authority over all of the iniquities. And Lord, we thank you that we're a new person. We are 
a new creation. We are ambassadors of Christ. The old has gone and the new has come. Can we just say that out, confess that if you believe that? It's the old has gone and the new has come. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want to introduce you to a good guy I just met, Adam, who, just, who works for United, by the way. He just gave, gave United Airlines a shout-out. Uh, Adam works as a he, first time tonight. His girlfriend invited him, and uh, he's here tonight. And uh, so I want you to welcome Adam. And anybody, anybody else, I don't want to embarrass anybody. Anybody else who wants to be embarrassed, raise their hand if you're new tonight. If you came new, by the way, uh, General Jones, good to see you. He just retired from the Air Force, moved here with his wife and three boys, and we're glad that you're a part of Colorado Springs has served at the Pentagon for the last several years. And you're sitting by trouble, though, by the way. I just want you to know that's, uh, you're sitting by serious trouble there. Colonel Ted Severn, good to have you. So, um, anyway, it's good to be, see all you guys tonight. And, by the way, I just want to say thanks to Russell Burr. Russell, uh, this is his heart, and he came to me many, many months ago and just told me the vision of this night. And I am so grateful for he and Josh both for their, y'all's leadership, for your vision, for your work, uh, for God's call on your life. And, I'm, I, I like what's happening here, and I'm thankful for the beginning that we're seeing here. And I'm, my heart is one day for us to see thousands of men coming together in these small groups and really being connected as brothers. But this is a great start, and um, I, don't, I don't know where Russell is or what I'm supposed to turn it back over to. i got some random thoughts on Christianity I could share. <laughs> Instead, uh, let's turn it back over to Russell. So love you, Russell. Thank you, guys. I get to get on a United flight in the morning for Tulsa, so appreciate your prayers for that. That'll be uh, a lot of fun. So let me just read this, something that Pastor Brady, um, just out of Psalm 78, I encourage you guys to go back to this, and just, there's lots of images of the net, and um, this is just one of those, and how, how the net works. It's less about the groups, it's less about the tables and the leaders, uh, but it's about every one of you men. In Psalm, seven, Psalm 78, what we have heard and known, what our fathers, our spiritual fathers have told us, we will not hide from their children. We will tell the next generation praiseworthy deeds of his power and the wonders he has done. He has declared statutes for Jacob. He's established the law in Israel, which he has commanded our forefathers to teach their children to the next generation who would know them. Even the children yet to be born, they in turn would tell their children that they would put their trust in God and he would not forget their deeds, but he would keep their, his commands. And guys, that's what this is about. That what is happening here amongst us, that uh, the next generation, those, those are the thousands. It may be literally our brothers, uh, it may be our spiritual sons, but uh, if you look at this over the next 10 or 20 years, uh, this is the beginning of this. And so whether it's uh, 550 or 500, uh, it starts with exactly, let, let us heed the words of Pastor Brady tonight. That uh, we would start, and instead of being preoccupied with curses, that we would break those off and recognize the blessings that God has taken hold of that. And another thing that just impressed upon me as Pastor Brady was teaching, you know, we, as you notice, we don't do worship so much in a traditional sense of music and whatever. But if you think about it as we break in our tables, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his what? His love endures forever. It just literally, as you meet in tables in the next few minutes, that as you express your thanksgiving to how God has blessed you, it is an act of worship at your table. 
and something transfers in your heart that you're giving God glory in that moment and something happens that transfers where you experience God's love when you give him thanks and gratitude. So as we meet and discuss and talk about how have we been blessed, even in what circumstantially may feel like a curse, let's, let's declare at our tables. So t- just tonight, as you look at the discussion questions on the board that uh, Pastor Brady went over, in the context of our calling, the context of our work and our marriage, fathering, discipleship, wherever you land, what are the things that have shaped you, blessing and curses, and how, what's going to change as of tonight? So you guys break into your groups, and um, wasn't it good with Pastor Brady tonight? Isn't that great? So, great.